Don't be a stupid bitch. Yes, we're on the road to immortality as the Lord of War becomes the God, Hacker Hameen. So hear me now. It's time to light the fuse and bring home the third title to Hameen Media Group. RBV, back in the house. BRV, back in the house on HMG, channelattitude.com. YOLO. <laughs> Oh, yes, 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 y'all. Back here, man, having a good day uh, at HMG Studios. Uh, got me all tongue-twisted this morning because I had Billy Ray Valentine, and he had the initials BRV, and I was thinking RBV's coming back so I could barely get it out. But ooh, super califragilistic XB out of go fuck yourself. It's Hacker Amin and Art of the B to the V. It's good to see you, Richie. Uh, ben, uh, I know probably uh, an awesome time sitting down there with Billy Ray Valentine. Can't wait to give that a listen, babe. But I got to say, man, it, it is great to be back with you. Light the fuse, ready to do this. You know, before going on air, we're both talking about how just physically drained we are. But man, how can you not help but get up, uh, you know, light the fuse that, that Wednesday or Thursday? I got my days all confused here. Yeah, Thursday tradition, baby. Uh, glad to be back. Hey, a lot's changed for you, man. You give, you're giving up that oil. You're chasing all that gold now. Yeah, man, a uh, little mark out for it because they're right, they're right here because I know Billy Ray's a, a big belt guy, so I, I've had him on a couple shows, but uh, they're right here in the house, man, Not never too far away in the missile silo. And, uh, yeah, the Immortal title is uh, got more gold on it than that, man, so definitely uh, rib myself, and we'll see if uh, I can bring home the third one along with the tag titles and my man blaze haram's gonna be there so we're excited to beat the shit out of 29 other infidels <laughs> taking the gold back to the the land of the sands uh there we go yeah, hameen style uh well ben you know as, as we get things going a, a lot to cover here uh, some small tidbits some big news uh yeah. but you know it's just as, as we're getting ready to go here breaking justice late Late morning, early afternoon, someone with huge influence, tie-ins with, with wrestling uh, across the board there, reported the death of Jerry Springer. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, uh, tr very uh, tragic, uh, the, you know, Americana loss there of uh, the 90s generation, and uh, it was on every day in college uh, in our food courts and food halls. And, and we loved it. And uh, the whole attitude era itself uh, and wrestling that spun out of that, you know, was uh, just something that um, kind of TV, right? I, I, I mean, it can't be replicated really in today's cancel culture of what it was, man, you know? So uh, it, it's uh, it's an interesting time just looking for, um, well, I think you know, it's funny. You you look across the board from people that that have made it, you know, to the big stage across the Indies. How many wrestlers that were involved with the show in the '90s? Uh, but real quick, while you're looking at it, because you know a lot yeah. of people remember of Jerry Jerry Crash TV sure. through the '90s. Uh, maybe a lot of them out there don't know this. Right here in Cincinnati, he was our mayor. 
Yeah, he was absolutely. the mayor of Cincinnati. He was a news anchor here for the longest time before going national. Uh, one of his biggest things, hey, we got there on YouTube, look at some of his uh, his campaign ads when he was running for that position. But he got busted here uh, with a, a lady of the night. He was yeah, hookers, some yeah. hookers. Well, he uh, got caught passing some bad checks to those ladies. And that's, <laughs> what, uh, that's what exposed his scandal here while he was in office in Cincinnati. Strong, dude. I mean, that whole era of trash TV was great, uh, fun. And, um, yeah, this is – I put this out on Russo's. It, it's not going to get any clearer than that probably. But you can see the the big guy in the green shirt with the fist up. That's uh, young Hameen. And to my right and left is uh, Heather Kinney, a great friend of mine, and nice Peter, and then Matt Guglami, uh, Googs as well, the random X kid. But this is uh, when we first got to Chicago – and I just wanted to give them an experience before they moved there. And I got us tickets for that and Jenny Jones. And, uh, you know, we were just coming from all from Fredonia together. And that was the Dr. Chocolate episode, which there's only clips of it. But nice Peter and I get to stand up and ask a question. So to anybody out there who's got the tape library or even knows where to find old uh, Jerry Springer episodes, it'd probably be 2000 one uh 2000 2001 dr chocolate episode uh and this lady was like fat uh so uh it's um yeah honey uh what's uh, do, do not watch that video at, at the workplace <laughs> we're also going to give it an explicit content uh, advisory on that yeah i mean the, the clip of dr chocolate if you look up dr chocolate jerry springer that episode will come up but there's a part where pete and i stand up and do a bit and that was like one of our first things on camera together in chicago and i've never seen the part where they they have it like in this they cut part of it and just in the youtube clip and we're not in that. And I, I really would love to see it because a lot of people mentioned it to me and I've never seen it. So if you if we got any uh, super sleuths out there who can find the full Dr. Chocolate episode, you'll actually see one of the very first nice Peter and Pops uh, bits from Chicago together. So uh, but, you know, definitely uh, loved watching it every day and obviously how it influenced Russo. And now I get to work with Vince uh, all week long. So it's awesome. Yeah, I was surprised looking up. He's not in the WWE Hall of Fame, is he, Jerry? I think he is. Really? I thought he was. I, I could have swore that he kind of was, man. It just seems like someone that would be such an obvious. You got to put him in now, you know. There's no doubt about that. Right, a, an obvious pick there. Let me see. Uh, Jerry Springer, WF Hall of Fame. Yeah, but this really was kind of unexpected. Maybe I guess he was battling with some cancer. Yeah. Uh, but you really didn't hear anything reported about that. You know, and he's still been on television. He was doing the, the Judge Jerry shows and all that. I think a lot of people who, who get the diagnosis, uh, you know, terminal, and you're going to go, it's not like you want to go full public with it. You know, you're just kind of living out and doing what you can. So, uh, yeah. definitely salute him, man. As far as uh, trash TV in the 90s, uh, and during the renaissance of sexuality and uh, you know, ghetto culture and and uh, you know, making uh, white trash be cool, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was great. All the sexuality, all the fighting, all the violence that was fun staged, and you know, even Steve Wilkos pulled the whole career out of it later, you know what I mean? So well, Spaceman asking about Jerry Springer had some short-lived WWE series as well. Yeah, it was the Too Hot for TV, I believe. Yeah. 
was a little spinoff thing that he had on some kind of platform that WWE was presenting. Springer too hot for TV. I think I have those VHSs up there somewhere, <laughs> bro. That's fucking funny. Yeah. So I, I mean, he he did, he did a number of things. So you know, everybody in the pro wrestling world, and so many people that would that in wrestling that have made appearances on the show itself. Hey, I think it might have been just as heartbreaking to, to figure out uh, that Jerry Springer show was was a work just like professional wrestling was. That just as yeah, be, that I've seen some shots on Springer that were like the stories aren't always a work. They fire them up, but they just fly out some rednecks from the trailer park in Virginia who got real heat with each other. I saw one guy come out and because uh, we used to have debates about this in college of like the best way to get at somebody if you really had heat with them and how to do it. And he, and this guy had the money one. So he walks right by the dude that's banging his old lady and like starts shaking his finger in her face. So they don't think it's going to be anything between those two. And he just stops mid that and turns and crushes the guy with a right hook, right in the jaw, clean as fuck. Like totally sold it. He walked through, he had the chance to jump on the dude and he didn't, you could see security being like, uh, but he got in the old lady's face, but it was all a decoy. So he could fucking crank the guy as hard as he could. And the guy's hands were in his lap. It was awesome. One of the best like sucker punch shots in the history of Springer. Uh, that, 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 it, that is awesome. Uh, but we were talking, you know, inside the, the world of professional wrestling, a lot of big headlines, uh, a little bit of news here and there. I know the chat, they were, before we hit the air here, they were already talking about it. Hey, I, I probably the best point to start this week, WWE back in court here, potentially uh former writer filing a lawsuit, uh, largely based around racial discrimination with inside the company. Oh, shock. Uh <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think it's Bobby Ashley. Uh, I think it's another one from uh, the. That, that was my first search. The first thing I asked you was it, this is too poetic. It'd be too poetic. Know. It was Bobby Ashley, uh, um, but but it is that woke culture group of writers that they hired because that's what was hot at the time in corporate culture. That you had to have that, otherwise you're tone deaf, and we need people of color and more women in here who don't know shit about pro wrestling or psychology or right storytelling. Oh, you're, you're a, a, an open mic stand upper in, in New York city. Well, great. Let's, let's make sure we give you a shot because you fucking earned it. Um, you know, and now they, they get exposed. What they think is a great job. No heat on them. They're doing open mics and working at fucking, uh, you know, the sub shop to $70,000 junior writer contract, of course, they're going to take it, but it's all window dressing because the same old carny bullshit's going to go on from get me the pepper bellies or, <laughs> you know, whatever it's going to be. They're going to see that and their little woke culture, millennial minds, they're just storing that away to come back and play it on you. And now when you cash in for $9.3 billion, of course, they're going to have a problem now with their firing and it was over some okay so some background chair that they tried to pin it on or some bullshit and like the white people got to take the chairs like it ain't about that it's that they got caught well that they're dumb enough to hire woke culture people and not real carnies who can keep their mouth shut and shut the fuck up and shut the fuck up but that they you know are now <laughs> wanting to play that corporate culture and it came back to bite them all in the ass and that's poetic justice to me. So it looks like this is uh, Brittany Aver Abrahams. Uh, she started with WWE back in uh, 2020 as a temporary basis. 
uh, November 2020, and she was hired full-time in May of 21, and she was let go April of 22. Uh, so almost making it a year full-time. Uh, and again, insider lab rat. I'm not sure if you got this right or wrong. I just want to put it up there. Bianca is also suing. Not sure if it's the same case for making her too ghetto. So I don't, I haven't seen anything. No, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's actually Bianca's involved with it. What was listed is one of the examples that right. Bianca would regularly <laughs> refuse to say certain lines and they would continue to write them in. So yeah. I, I think this is all stemming from the same, this Ab Abraham's uh, claims, but so she, you it's, uh, it's part of part of the listing conflicts inside of it, uh, and they also list about Cruz being you know being forced to to talk with a Nigerian accent because he's from Nigeria. Um, so this is interesting because I, I I mentioned this on the Friday locker room, and now I haven't thought about it. Now as we're letting it unfold, perhaps I should. Uh, episode nineteen and twenty of the consultants both contain direct warnings to the USA network president about this exact thing. I, I wanted to ask you about any of these things in this claim was for you guys did it come across your conversations. 110%. I wrote exactly this and you can go sign up now and hear about it or see the actual alleged notes of be, be forewarned about doing racial stereotypes during cancel culture time. This is 2020 July 6th. 2020 to be precise and uh <laughs> and that you could have protesters and occupy people on your front door and trying to tear usa down for putting on a product that is deemed racist against asian americans uh fucking the muslims were listed inside of this complaint All right. <laughs> or do you want to take it back to fucking <laughs> you know, uh, do you want to do you want to go uh, Bobby La Bobby Lashley's uh, trans uh, sisters that come out and do rock and Robin? I mean, where do you want to go with it? Now I'm in pro wrestling. I play a extreme stereotype in hers. In this, she lists that they wanted Ali to be uh, like behind nine 11 or Wow, that sounds like a fucking interesting character concept. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> well, I think too, someone pointed out that, you know, he, that he why was do you like think four they years out? old? <laughs> why do you think it's not that? Why do you think they would pitch that? And this sounds super, like super Horowitz right here, bro. Why would they pitch that? Was it coming directly from your notes? No, it's not coming from my notes. It's because it's because they want to go fuck you to me. <laughs> the, the, my whole shit is house of sod. That I would probably that the that everybody sees everything. That I was probably bagging on the Saudi deal, exposing that it was CIA, and they're like, "This guy thinks he's the 9/11 thing. We'll just take his gimmick and put it on fucking TV." And Ali goes, "No, I'm not doing that." <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going, "I'll do that," <laughs> you know. So, the, like, there, there's things that this little dolly doesn't know at all, but this is what I warned, we warned, the alleged consultants warned the New York, the USA Network press about verbatim in the notes. And here we are, like most things in my life creatively, almost three years to the date behind it, about uh, two years and nine months 
and here we are they're catching up to us am i ahead of the curve all the time you're fucking goddamn right i am that you know stereotypes in society uh, across the board entertainment especially in wrestling is is always the genre of you know french pickleball asked asking a question here is so you don't make characters anymore because right the- it, that's the purpose of wrestling is to play out <laughs> life's woes and people are inherently racist or stereotypical not everybody's the same but there's plenty of examples of stereotypical everybody black white yellow brown whatever right right and been vince mcmahon he's just gonna play the easy card to pay it off so we play out the stereotype but in the end we should pay it off in some type of coming to realization moment that the bigoted person gets humbled and that the stereotypical person becomes normalized, Americanized and finds middle ground. Like that's what the whole purpose. You hopefully educate your audience. Absolutely. And I think you, you, you regularly say it then. And I think where people get confused or maybe more offended with professional wrestling, you regularly say this, you know, you're telling your you're putting together a movie, but instead of paying it all off in 90 minutes, it might take you six months. Yeah, so people, yeah. don't, people don't have that vision and they get very irritated when they see something in that you know, two-minute two window. It'll still equal about two to three hours if you were to line it all up, but right. some things might only take 60 seconds, Some then the rest of the show, and then next week I might have eight minutes, and then the week after that, two minutes. So the movie's there. But you got to stay in for the long haul of what my character is going to fucking do in the overall of it. But this girl, this girl, and I don't think she's not wrong when they're probably going, get Bianca a big slice of watermelon and a bucket of KFC. Like, like I don't see the old man, like the old man would yell that shit, right? And if you're a young black female comedian who's trying to be woke and fucking get over in, in Hollywood and go with the flow of things, you're going, oh, my God, Becky, did you just hear what he said? <laughs> you know, write that down. Does, uh, does Do they have that shit on tape? Did she roll tape on some meetings, creative meetings, where he's fucking way too comfortable and shit? That could all be in there. And uh, if you got $9.3 billion, <laughs> that's a nice little $30 million payday to shut like, the fuck up. Here, here's, here's one for you. They were going to, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Shane, I can't think of his name here, but one of the Australian guys, he was in uh, the Mighty Don't Kneel. But they had pitched where he was going to, with an Australian, he was going to be like a crocodile hunter, but he was going to hunt human game. And his main target would be Reggie. And then he would, he would, uh, Every now and then, catch Reggie, beat him. Who was going to be the that. hunter? Who was going to be the uh, hunter? Shane, Shane Thor, Shane Shore, uh, from the Mighty Don't Kneel. He was an Australian guy. He had a real brief stint there. Um, to me, that like, sure, it's going to come off as a racist thing of like runaway slave, but really, that's based off of the most dangerous game, uh, a, a short story. And then that was then turned into a movie as well, where Ice T is hunted on an island. Um, that, that story has been around for a long time. I'm not saying it's right by any means, but the most dangerous game is, 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 a old, older tale. Uh, you, so. you really look at what they did with Reggie essentially was this, except it wasn't a human hunter. It was just everyone in the 24 seven chasing because his, it was so entertaining with, you know, how athletic and his acrobats and all that. And, you know, the CrossFit style, if you will. I mean, it was yeah. fun to watch him kind of take those jumps yeah, well, and, that, you know, on the saying. escape. 
what is going to, they probably said that dude. And I, I would probably pitch that. And even though it's, it's lined up in this lawsuit is like a white man's hunting a black man. It's it, the creative probably was this guy's a fucking unbelievable athlete. How do we show his parkour skills off with high stakes? Well, if somebody's hunting you and you're ripping through the fucking woods and you've got the fast running scene and you can feel that like Jurassic Park type shit with velociraptors chasing you and you see this guy flipping and doing what it needs to do to get away and then the guy pulls up with a sniper rifle, he's like uh, breathing and fucking he's gone and, and gets away. That's an interesting action sequence and we make movies, pal. That's what we want here. Now, are we framing it up as a type of I'm I hunt black people maybe <laughs> but but at the same time guess what happens in the most dangerous game the guy with the rifle gets hit with a fucking rock and gets fucked over and then the hunter becomes the hunted and we need to play that out until Reggie becomes the top dog and and now this guy is the paranoid one and you switch roles and then you do a Sopranos ending where you hear a gunshot and you don't ever get to see it. You get to fill it in your mind. Hey, coming to an arcade near you uh, from the makers of Big Buck Hunter. You got Big Black Hunter. But this is something, again, you know, where you take a basic concept. If you sit down and talk it through, it kind of makes sense. But now just because something happens to fall so, you know, on one side of a race card here. Uh, it's just completely getting exploited. Now, I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend it. There isn't anything like that going well, on inside. Welcome to being, yeah, lawyer. Well, dude, yeah. What, that's what lawyers do, right? They're going to find the hook and try and get their claws into it and uh, see what's what. Mike Martin, I saw your post for sure. But now that I'm sitting here and I didn't think about it on Friday Locker Room as much, to have those notes in hand is interesting in building a case where you said <laughs> – even their own consultants warned them about this. You know what I mean? Uh, three years prior now, the, the network president's no longer there, so he's off the hook, and the conglomeration of NBC Universal can plead ignorance, and then they've got their own hands full with their CEO stepping down off of playing uh, patty cake on some other lady's ass there. So, uh, you know, it's same business as usual, and I think this is nothing more than an attorney plea with the woke culture fucking millennial looking to cash in. And it don't get no more carny than that. So I salute. <laughs> well, th this claim has been filed in New York. Real quick, man, I want to uh, get your thoughts here. You probably talked about this elsewhere, but I, I didn't get to hear it. So uh, also a crazy claim in the wrestling world filed in New York. Raka Khan, man, she's suing everybody. That's that uh, fucking thing is. What the basis of this thing? They're all conspiracy. You know, there was a conspiracy. I don't even really her. know what it is, bro. I tried to read it and it's like. The Rock and Chris Benoit conspired against her. To, they're like, dude. It, it goes everywhere from you got The Rock, Benoit, Mick Foley, Jim Cornette, uh, McMahon himself. Home Depot is listed in this thing. Uh, Miz and Maurice. Uh, just Nikki Bella, not Bree. She's listed inside. Sometimes, it. 44 sometimes pages. These, yeah, sometimes these crazy lawsuits, bro, are just put out there. To win $150, dude, to, to do whatever it is uh, of, like, go-away money. Well, it really sounds like with the Rock-A-Con group that the state of New York, they said, if you can come up with the filing fees, we'll let this go forward. So they're just taking her money. This thing's yeah. going to get shut down some at some point. Yeah, but. I don't under, I think this young lady's got serious, serious mental issues and should be checked in on and watched, bro.
yeah. Um, just crazy. I just want to touch, touch quickly, touch base. On I that. think that, I think it's the business that probably did it to her even more. I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure she might not have been there uh, uh, in the beginning anyway, but uh, the business didn't help that. It, she had some crazy headlines too back in the day. Something where she while she was dating Kurt Angle, that uh, they had some domestic issues like that. So, and I think yeah. that was when he was really going through, you know, a lot of like with the pain pills and things like that. So, crazy uh, pussy is the best pussy. <laughs> uh, switching just to a little AEW conversation. I guess this is all professional wrestling, but you're talking about crazy, crazy pussies. Uh, yeah. You had made mention of this thing that Punk kind of gave some hand to the elite uh, in their argument against him. Making some sense here. Let's talk about report this past Monday. CM Punk is at Monday Night Raw. Uh, mm -hmm. Even further back in that, that he might have flown to Chicago on a flight with a handful of talents. Uh, it's also kind of being reported that maybe not that he had an official meeting, but had had a conversation with Triple H. Punk shows up at the arena. It's then made by they're saying by Vince McMahon. Not really sure who informed Punk, uh, but he had to leave the building. Uh, this is in the wake of of everything that you know with. AEW's television deal, they want to add that Saturday show. I think it's going to be worth, worth to them like $52 million, but it's all based around CM Punk has to return to that show. And it's just strange that, I mean, it's as simple as Punk wanted to go see friends or whatever, which I don't know. Like, if you're the top guy over there and you're just coming back off, no worker is going to be like, that's the right move to go do, even if they're in your backyard. You know what I mean? Um and especially with Seth recently saying he's not welcome here, you know, as far as that goes, is that punk going, fuck you, watch me walk in. Nobody tells me where I'm not welcome, which is a very CM Punk <laughs> type of thing to do. Uh, and then it's also a very Triple H and, uh, you know, WWE thing to do to like, oh, we need you to leave. You know, I can talk to from from my good friend Jamin Olavencia getting his career destroyed like that to um to Victoria who, who worked with them for what eight nine years and was asked to leave as well bro so that's not that's not anything that's new there in them acting shitty could, could this be a part of at least somebody realizes okay this is people are talking about this he's under a major contract to the top competitor here we need to watch our ass with anything oh, shady well, going on. It's the thing. Here's another little conspiracy part of it. Did he have his meeting with Tony Khan and FTR and Jericho before that or after that? And the word is that that meeting didn't really do much or what have you. And everyone's just probably crickets and looking at each other. Who knows? Uh, and then did he go to WWE after that meeting to be like, fuck this, I'm going there, and then got fucking stonewalled. I don't know the order of events. I don't know what happened where. I didn't know about him flying back to Chicago with AEW talent. Is that on a private? Or with, with WWE. So I don't know if it, if it was a public oh. flight. Yeah, it was with WWE talent. It, we're on That's interesting. It's interesting. It all is. Uh, but to, to do that, if they're putting a $52 million investment in you and you're already making six, maybe, I don't know what he's making there. I think that's, well, that's, that's what that deal, that television deal would mean to AEW. Uh, and it's all under the pretense of, we want punk back in the company. Uh, and they would generate revenue up this, to 52 million. Like, 
even if it seems innocuous enough, it's still spitting in the eye. Like he knows what the perception is, right? Is there a little bit of it? You know, we all know that he he's got that chip on his shoulder. He's a cocky dude. Hey, but I think anybody would. Hey, you know, I, to my company, I'm worth fifty two million dollars, dude. What what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Yeah, you know, or he just wants to get out of there because he doesn't want to deal with them all. And he thought that maybe he could slide his way in there and, and the door shut on him. Like they let him in a little bit and then chopped his tail. So I don't know. It could, it, it seems like it's that high stakes, but then you see busted open radio and bully Ray and, and Henry are like, ah, it's nothing really. It's just wanting to do that. I'm like, well, if that's what they say, but the perception of it is something else. So regardless if it is innocuous, the viewers and the, the armchair quarterbacks and the pundits and commentators are all looking at it as a strange counterplay, power play. Why would you do that? It's not a good look that brings not bad PR, but strange PR to the situation when you've been trying to cool things off, you know what I mean? And make it look like they're getting back on track. Making that move does not make things seem like they're getting back on track. It might mean nothing. However, it's there to play into the narrative possibly. Oh, Ben, another headline that kind of popped out to me. Uh, nothing as intense as the ones we just covered there, but uh, Trinity Fatu going to make set to make her Impact Wrestling debut. Uh, I know our boys over at the Impact uh, the Impact Attack, which goes live uh, Monday nights, are probably excited to see something like that. We have a, a lot of great Impact fans that follow us, and uh, it's, it's a good move for Trinity getting back out there, uh, making the start there with Impact. Yeah, I don't want to double up on shows, and this isn't in uh, any way to to try and knock your headlines down. But uh, you know, on Friday locker room, we cover a lot of this, and there's some very cool ideas. So I don't want to kind of repeat myself because I already did that a little bit on one story earlier. So uh, definitely want to get the premium subs over at channelattitude.com. Five bucks a month, Friday locker room. Hopefully you guys are subscribing there. And it was great with uh, RBV today and BRV <laughs> there for tomorrow. So uh, very good story. And I'm glad she's out there. But uh, I had some uh, ideas that uh, Billy Ray really enjoyed on that. So check that out on the Friday locker room, you guys. Very nice. See, I probably knew that. You, I knew that you talked about that, so I just want to give you an opportunity to. Pitch it's all good. You know? I saw this one. Um, is Dark Elevation coming to an end? Um, but it seems the international distribution appears to have ended. The version on Fight.tv suggests don't miss the special and final episode of Elevation, which will be a best of show. So looks like uh, everyone who got a shot on Elevation is, uh, you know maybe in the pool for that and uh a show like that's not bad to have as your student show or second tier i've never maybe watched one episode when serena was on uh that was about it the hard it was was cool you know if you knew somebody a local somewhere that was getting getting an opportunity i watched a couple of those i'd go find that match if i knew somebody personally yeah yeah sure If, if ggp was on or if the uh, outrunners or any of our boys that they are better workers than 90% of their roster, but they refuse to sign them for some reason um, because they'll probably expose the bad workers. Uh, You know, that uh, it gave people opportunity. Now this new Saturday show with punk, which I think is a bad idea to be airing in prime time. I think they should be taking that uh, 10, 10 to 11 or 11 to 12 Eastern spot. Like WWE superstars was and even make it 
some recap with two matches recap what happened on dynamite and rampage and then give them two matches uh there on that show you know uh but they're just probably gonna have another wrestling show that looks just like the other two and really doesn't really stand out as anything special format wise so we're just doing more of the same when on our main shows, we can't even really get it done the right way. So how are we on a third tier show? Are we expecting attention to detail to pay out? I think that's where you're really stuck in the middle here is you look at that once I, as I mentioned, this new show potentially worth for AEW $52 million. Uh, but when you look at the product, I mean, you're, you're stagnant in your numbers on Wednesday. You're repetitive in you know, the same towns being cycled in and out with everything going on here. What kind of numbers are you going to draw? How how long is the network going to be happy with their investment there? And the, or the Warner Brothers Discovery is interested in WWE content. Yes, I mean you got that you got that story flipping out there. Yeah. There's a lot of interchanging parts inside of the state that make this pretty yeah. pretty interesting. Hell, a lot more interesting than what we're seeing on the on television right now. <laughs> yeah, man, let's get to it. Punch in and out. I got a lot to do today. I got to train hey, you students tonight, and uh, that, we'll- that works for me. Uh, ben, let's jump into this week's AEW Dynamite, and this is for April 26th. They are down in the Sunshine State of Florida. Uh, it's one of the th- going into this thing. Just get your your thoughts beforehand. For me, I, I thought the the match structure how the show was laid out was was kind of weird where some of the high spots were um i thought some of the endings were less than desirable and it left and it, for, especially for an aew audience this felt very dead yeah absolutely especially in matches where they had them and then they lost them by overbooking things uh and absolutely. that what you just said there is pretty spot on analysis of the last three weeks of like why would you bury Wardlow and Hobbs last week at 850 instead of having that as your main event when you're going to do a title change and these guys look like monsters but then in your main event you got guys that look like freshmen in college like it doesn't these types of big overarching uh misses are the main problem in the fluidity and structure of the show because the first 35 to 45 minutes last night went pretty well, all the way up through TK's Big Annie, which is what we're calling uh, big announcements from now on. Gee, the Big Annie. The Big Annie. Yeah. So, um, but then Man, I, I would have bet anything he was bringing out a new champ, two new championship belts just to yeah. go one up. <laughs> just, for, just for the official count out there for the Halloween <laughs> Army, it is, it's WWE 9, AEW 8, and, I, and I'm not counting NXT and Ring of Honor inside of that right now. So on their Last two main night, shows, there were eight belts, eight belts on the show. The over-under was, I took six at plus 250, but they went right to eight. So eight belts, uh, I think uh, Paul, number 59, face slap. Uh, was our was a winner in that one in the AEW self help group last night? Very very nice. Uh, well, we we kick off the show here. We have got the AEW International Championship on the line. The uh, the champ, of course, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy taking on a Bandito uh, for Orange Cassidy. He has won 19 straight going into this match. They were uh, really hamming him up for the male competitors as being a champion with the, the most title defenses. Uh, real quick, before I let you jump into this match itself, I was, it was back and forth. I don't need to watch Orange Cassidy for 20-plus minutes. Mm. Uh, they, they are squeezing the juice dry on mm-hmm. a great novelty. You know, it was a great novelty app for him that, you know, had a great following uh, that you were interested to see when and where he'd show up, but 
I, I don't need him to be the workhorse. I, I don't think. Yeah, it's it's interesting why they keep putting him out there to do super long stuff when he can get over with one bit, and he's got a lot of bits. So let's save him because one bit gets over. Like it's cool to watch him do five interesting bits, and they all pop me. But now you just killed five weeks of TV. You know, like where we could see something new every week. Now he's got to come up with something even more new or do the same old shit. And then we're like seeing that before when he does it, you know, so that that is an issue of uh, time for him to to save some of these cool little magic moments uh, that, that he can come up with. That being said, this guy, when he goes, man, this guy's a serious athlete. And when he rock and rolls and, and can wrestle, he can absolutely be on time and mix in his style with the hands in the pocket stuff, just doing front roll, drop kick, nip up with your hands in your pockets, bro. Those things are hard as hell to do without any of that, to add that to it. And he makes it look easy in his gimmick. So I, I definitely salute him in how he takes character and mix it into his offense. He does the pockets thing. Bandito says, yes, and pulls out the finger guns and he slowly puts them down in the holsters you know, pop dude. Like we, we've got our little tough guy things, but we're not afraid to show ass here. And even afterwards in the pre-tape afterwards, Bandito, yes, hands him and just says, eh, like that too, to, to give like a mailed in, you know, a slacker performance like Orange Cassidy would. But um, I can't remember the finish on this off the top of my head, but the match I was going, wow, this is really good in the way they shift gears, slow it down, he, speed um, it up. There was a little it looked like maybe there was a little bit of a fumble. They regroup here. They go into an elevated um juice punch and then, then it allows him to hit his finisher for uh Cassidy to hit oh. his finisher on it. Okay, so he goes over clean on him. I mean, all right. Yeah. The other thing is Bandito's a good worker, obviously a legend in triple A and everything, but what have we seen of him? What do we know of him? Why is he out here like the, to do that? There's no heat between them. So now we're just having a comedy lucha match to open for 22 minutes. Yeah. It was, right around you know, yeah. So um, good wrestling. But uh, like I said, there's nothing that, that really has any stakes in this. Well, there's another thing you mentioned. You put over orange. I mean, he could go inside the ring. It wasn't, you know, trying to to knock his, his ability. Why take uh, 22 minutes you can get over in 30 seconds, bro? Well, that's what I'm saying. And then, and then build me something that I'm invested in where I will want to sit on a, on a marquee event, on a pay-per-view to watch him go toe-to-toe with somebody and pull out all the stops. I don't need to see this every week, every time that he goes out there. Yeah, no. And it's not adding a, a ton to his character of, I mean, he's the champ, so he's got to. I guess that's what it is, you know. Well, it really seems they're really making an effort. Uh, is it, this is kind of their version of the television title, although they have belts named after the TV stations they're on. But this seems to be yeah. that that go out there and, and work, work your ass off each and every week. You mentioned they had a, a little bit of a backstage segment there afterwards. Uh, the only thing I thought, because it, it, it was a little awkward, and you said, man, they worked through it. Should have practiced uh, putting those glasses on Bandito. Yeah, 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 and but that's the thing. All those funny spots are good, but we just ate them all up. You know what I mean? We ate them all up. So I, I, you can do more with him being in the right, the wrong place at the right time, 
and overhearing something stuff with him and Dan Housen. I mean, there's tons and tons more comedy and entertainment to do than having him wrestle. But do when the bell rings, the guy can fucking go. I mean, he's sure he's gonna do the little toe tap stuff here and there. But when it's time to run the high spot, he's there for everything. Uh, also backstage, we got Renee Paquette. She's interviewing Adam Cole. Says uh, he's going to be in the ring later tonight. He's going to call out Chris Jericho, uh, and he's going to show him the mistake that he made. And if Jericho doesn't show up, then Cole's going to come find him. We also have Renee with uh, Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. Like Kat that was Perry. the stupidest thing, though. Like, yeah, come out here. I'm going to kick your ass. Well, why would I come out here if you're going to kick my ass, bro? I don't want to get my ass kicked. So come out here now. Come out here now or else. Or else what? Or else I won't come out there and you'll look like a dumb motherfucker who's telling somebody I, to come out there who doesn't come out there. I, I like how Jericho – let's go ahead and cover it. Uh, I like how Jericho did that, essentially. Like, I'm not coming out there. And I like the yeah. twist, too. Like, I'm not coming out there because you're a disgrace. What kind of man are you? You sat there, you know, and just play it to that. He actually couldn't do anything to to help his what, wife, fiance, whatever. Right. His love and, of his life. Yeah. But, you know, and Chris is the all powerful Oz on the screen is a good look. But the, the setup of Adam Cole going demanding that he comes out there, all the heel has to do is not. He doesn't have to show up on the screen. He just has to not say anything. Now the babyface looks stupid. So why don't why set our baby faces up to look dumb? That's that's a, a mistake in itself. And then he gets Pearl Harbor jobbed by uh, um, fucking the rest Appreciation of the society. society. Out come uh, the cavalry. Who comes down next? Uh, well, yeah, then you had yeah, Orange and Bandito. Orange, Orange, Orange and Bandito run back and get their ass kicked too. Or they're there. They get their ass kicked too, right? Yeah, they're put over four on three, four on three. Yeah, the cavalry kicks the shit out of them. Then Roderick Strong, the big fucking uh, surprise of the night, comes down, and Roderick Strong kicks the fuck out of everybody and is no bigger than anybody else. So three guys couldn't beat four, but one can beat four. What? (laughs) What are we doing here? You know, back to a point you made there. It, it, it's it's asinine, bro, in, in the way that that shit set up book to make somebody look like Superman. Like, let the odds even up. Let Roddy Strong be the surprise. Everyone's, oh, my God. And the babies fight back from underneath. And when it's four on four, the babies get over and the heels peel off and the babies are left standing. Not the babies are laid out. And then one guy comes and lays out all the fucking heels at one time. Like it's, this is not even booking one Oh one. This is just common sense of wrestling, bro. I like dark, dark side caster here is shocked that Britt breaker didn't try to come out and save him again. I think that might've been more believable yeah, <laughs> coming out. Uh, but, but you know, a couple of things here. So let's look at this. You have Adam Cole. He gets one interview where he's shoot, where he sends out the warning that he's going to do the call out. Then he does the call out and gets denied on it. And then yeah, this whole thing, unfolds, well, let me ask something here, man. Um, if any of the wives, if someone had, had beaten them down, had orchestrated an attack like this against them, are you giving them all these warnings or are you just on site taking care yeah, of this? Dude, I'm 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 even creeping through you're, the smog. You're showing up with a crowbar yeah. or yeah, something bro. or a pipe looking for Jericho. Yeah, dude, I, I'm I'm waiting to catch him when uh you know he's he's least expecting it. Not get in the ring in front of everybody and let's jaw jack back and forth. 
absolutely not. I'm in the car. When they roll up and hit the parking spot, I'm driving my car. I'm T-boning it into the side of theirs. That's the level of response. Yeah, and I know this is – oh, it's a, it's a wrestling thing. Wow, it's wrestling. Uh, but I felt really bad for Actually, Rod here. Sorry, this is – that Artisan Returns has got a great, great point here. This is where it should have gone down. Jericho's at, got a concert this week. Adam Cole comes out and, and, and fucking destroys him like second to last song and they don't even get to finish the show uh, and attacks the, the vocals goes right yeah, yeah, the like it beats the shit out of them and, and and jericho security has to take them out of there and it goes viral that way of that he that he did that to him last week and his wife and shit like that make it way more real and blur the lines not come to the middle of the ring get out here fuck you i felt bad, <laughs> I felt bad for for roddy mm. on this one too is no one knew the music. No one knew until they actually flashed the the name, and then you got a little bit of a pop here. Uh, hey, I know I remember back in the day, you probably had to do the same thing, Ben. Your your boys are getting beat up at the bar, and you had to make a phone. You you called ahead to make sure that they had your music keyed up on the jukebox. I did. I was like, so, so you could run in to make the save for them. They did the exact same thing. RBV, we were. Uh, I think it was John Hartnett and I. Fucking here comes the cavalry. Gets their ass kicked right. And and Matt Hardy's getting fucked over, getting beat down uh, four on one or whatever it was. Here comes the other two, beat the shit out of them. Oh, we got to wait to hit Jeff Hardy's music to bring out Jeff Hardy. And then you got to do the dance. Yeah, like <laughs> at least he didn't stop and dance. They but he had to wait. He's like, uh, my brother can get his ass kicked for another twenty seconds. I got to wait till my music hits and do my entrance. Like, well, to, to be fair, maybe you know. Matt left Jeff sitting that cell maybe an extra couple hours longer than he had to. So, yeah, well, uh, like they've made the same mistake twice and it looks stupid. So nobody's learning anything from even two weeks ago and the mistakes they made. Plus, Jeff Hardy returns. Did you like that Jeff Hardy segment uh, tonight? Oh, hell, wonderful, man. Yeah, was there one? <laughs> no. Uh, he did. The, he did the John Cena segment tonight, man. Nobody's seen it. Yeah, no, no follow-up week to week on anything here. Uh, we do have Renee. Here's another thing. All right, so we got Renee in back-to-back backstage interview stuff here. Uh, she's interviewing this time Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. Uh, essentially, this thing is they're not friends, but they need to get on the same page if they want to be able to accomplish these goals of taking down uh, the champ MJF and, and Sammy. The first thought here was, why do we regularly have to talk about personal friendships across the board? We regularly get that here in AEW. Uh, and secondly, it seemed like these two were having a really hard time holding it together, remembering lines or not laughing during this thing. I mean, it's a stupid buddy comedy tongue in cheek thing where they're going to eventually just have mjf turn on him because he's drawing him in and the devil you know all that shit is going to come back but sammy will try and see it coming and he'll double swerve and they'll think they're all so smart but to do these constant homoerotic things of kiss you on the head and cheek to cheek and 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 they think it's funny, cute, or, you know, I got you a vest. I got you a scarf. Like, and oh, 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 like, it's the lowest level writing of comedy that you can probably do. And then them overselling it is just, um, 
I don't know. It's way too homoerotic, uh, frat boy, college freshman theater for me, bro. There's way bigger opportunities to do things that mean way more. And this is what we're stuck on for a very small, I don't even know what small minority enjoys this or thinks that this is what they want and their heroes or heels. Nobody's getting over, nobody's getting heel heat here, except for the fact of like, please stop kissing other men on camera. I'm here <laughs> to see people smash each other's face in. It's just, uh, it sucked. Yeah, it's it's all, all around for, from all of them. Uh, you touched on the MJF and Sammy thing, the, the Jungle Boy, and the and, uh, and, and he puts out, Andy puts out the big statement on his Twitter, which he tweet apologized, Diver Pete's for about these fans don't give a shit about you. Stop working hard style, which is what exactly what Osprey just said in his uh, testimonial. And what we've been saying at Channel Attitude for five years and, and you know, with what Stevie's gone through. And then he takes it down. Why? Because the guy he's going to kiss on the cheek and fucking smooch tonight is one of the biggest offenders of doing the dumbest shit possible to possibly paralyze yourself on camera and kick out on two for no apparent reason. So some little inside heat of Briz, you can't put that up there, Diz, and fucking off it goes. So <laughs> That's my style. Yeah, keep jumping off ladders and doing dumb fucking shit. We'll see you in the ER. There we go. Uh, next matchup. I, I enjoyed the match. I don't like the setup here. Uh, I don't. I've never really been a fan of taking tag teams and having them wrestle in singles to try to further a feud. Uh, I like the traditional. Let each team go out there do their thing. Uh, you can do some run ins, some attacks, things like that. Build that heat. Cut your promos and build towards that ultimate collision. Uh, but. The match itself, uh, I enjoyed Jeff Jarrett taking on one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions in Dax Hardwood here. Yeah, man. I mean, Jeff Jarrett, obviously, for as many decades as he's been doing this at the highest levels, it does it, just to watch him is uh, an education, bro. To stand in the middle, turn, let the guy feed for you, slow it down, get him on the ropes. You heard him give the one call. You ready? He goes and checks him before he does the running ass slide while he's on the second rope. They got caught talking. That'll be on Botchmania, but I don't care. I watch him. I'm going to show my students that. of being like, see, you get the guy there, like do the 619 trip. You go range him, check him, make sure he knows the spot's coming. You take all the time you need. You just don't – he's on the ropes. Go hit him. To watch Jarrett work and the way he moves, there's so little wasted momentum, bro. He was just standing in the ring letting letting uh dax work around him and dax is you know a damn good technician himself so to take the bumps and make jared look great this match was working awesome here's the problem though and i'm with it i'm with it i'm with it and in wwe they did this too and it pissed me off because they threw all the flunkies out right and then back comes um fuck's his name indian brother fucking sanjay dutt to try and cause the finish, the the to hold and like the refs looking right at him, so he didn't really, the the ref wasn't drawn the right way to for him to try and do that and stay small, so the ref really right there should have gone, fuck this, you lose by DQ because your guy who I already threw out is back down here doing something. They did the same thing with Solo Sokoa a couple weeks ago and shit with Roman, right? And and the, the solos in the match, the Usos get thrown out. And they come back to help cause the finish, and it's fine. Like, you, what are you back out here for? I threw you out. That means instant DQ. So nobody's 
abiding by that rule. However, Sanjay does the foothold, and it's not the finish. The 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 flunky cheat doesn't even get over as the finish. And I'm going Booker of the Year. Here we go. Uh, you know, to get into it, and uh, it just was a great match until the way they're picking these endings, man. Yeah, I'll say uh, maybe just it was your regular see. You know, they they're at the height of it, and then they lose their audience. Uh, in the chat, you know, they're talking about how this seemed a little stale. Again, just the whole the entire night, uh, this crowd just really seemed to have trouble getting into what was happening. Yeah, the crowd was with it in the beginning. By the end, they weren't right. And a lot of these matches were that way. They they wanted to get up for it, uh, but you know what? You hit that point where they just lose them, and then when we get the finish, you don't get that reaction. Uh, so yeah, we do man. have Jeff Jeff Jarrett goes over. Uh, they got the distraction, the chasing around outside on, on of the ring. When Dax comes back in, he gets caught with the stroke. Jarrett picking up the win. He's posing there with the belt. So we continue on here with those guys. Continues. Well, I know guitar shot on Sanjay. <clears throat> But also here, what where did they was, do? Uh, did they do a guitar shot on Sanjay or no? Nah, nah, I don't think so. Where was Cash at? Maybe they're saving that for later. I don't know. This match was fucking good though because it was so simple. I was gonna say it's the simplicity with it, as you said, how they put the things together. You, you can it's, all Memphis, it's all Memphis style, bro, and that's what Dax loves and studied, and that's what Jarrett's a master at. You like, you almost can't go wrong. No, I want some ribs. <laughs> uh, what what'd you call the big announcements? Big Annie. Uh, well, we got a big Annie right here, baby. Uh, <laughs> the AEW CEO and general manager Tony Khan with his big Annie this week. Uh, the opening ceremonies for this year's Owen Hart Cup will take place at Double or Nothing in Vegas. The tournament will be held in Canada, and the tournament finals will take place in Owen's hometown of Calgary. That's uh, this week's Big Annie. They, they gotta do like a graphic like that. Just have it come in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to pop for a little. Tell them Large Marge sent you. So <laughs> I like Big Annie. Uh, hey, man, uh, you know, I can be critical about bad booking decisions or him just not really knowing. But when it comes to Big Annie, he's, he's overplayed his hand. And in a lot of them, he goes, here's my big announcement. And he's tweaking out and hands the mic to somebody else. There was no Adam Cole walk on. He stood there in front of his greens in his background, looked good in the suit, delivered it like a straight man owner should. And it was respectful about the next redoing the Owen Hart tournament and that the they're going to be in Calgary. Didn't falter. It was pre-taped to make him look strong and focused as he can, you know. Which is a good move. Don't put him out there in front of the live body. Exactly. No jumping around uh, ah! and fucking giving people hugs and every other dumbass thing that makes him look like a fan. That was one of the first things in three years we've seen that made him look like a competent owner who had a business uh, announcement to make and wasn't worrying about being a fanboy and handing the mic off to some other talent to steal the spotlight. So I got to tip my hat to whoever produced him, whoever got in his ear and said, this is how we need you to look. And I got to believe that's Chris Jericho. Yeah, he looked, it looked professional, as you said, for the first time in a while. Uh, haircut, yeah. shave. You know, it said the right thing to do, pre-tape it for him so he doesn't lose his nerves out there and go into those habits of, you know, 
marking yeah. out, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. From the scrums to whatever it is, like that, the guy we saw last night is who he needs to be going forward. Small jack tony doses of professionalism. You see him in the owner's box. You see him on the headset. Maybe if there's something happening backstage where he's like, come on, get security. That's it. No more. These are my buddies. And I hug everybody because of forbidden doors. No, none of that. Like last night was a good representation of how he should be. Very nice. Uh, TNT champion Wardlow with the enforcer, Arn Anderson over strong here. Uh, Ariel Levy, I believe his name. Yes. Um, Pretty much squash match here for the champ. Afterwards, Arn Anderson grabs the microphone and he's you know he's talking about the alliance between these two and what he's going to bring to the table for Wardlow. He's going to take him that next level. Arn's been in this business for forty years. Uh, you know he puts over. He talks about the NFL draft coming up and different picks and it pretty much telling Wardlow on this thing here what we got. Uh, sometimes he's got to have to learn to play a little dirty. Uh, put a thumb in a guy's eye, uh, take a chair shot, take a head off, if you will. Arn's put, putting them over here. Uh, just the interaction here, and I noticed this, uh, the Northern Wrestling Federation that runs here locally, Roger Ruffin's group that had been running for damn 30 years here in Southern Ohio. They did a special show up north for one of their old wrestlers who's a teacher up there now around Cleveland area this weekend. Wardlow made a special appearance at the end of that show. Ooh. And well, it, it's funny. You think of Wardlow as this, you know, this big towering monster dude. Well, he's in the ring with Wildcat Chris Harris. Uh, who else is in there? Stamp Lickich, who is the principal at this time, who's a big dude, and one of their young students, Rex, who's a, a super heavyweight. And Wardlow's like the shortest guy in there. And he's I noticed not that tall. He's not that. I was gonna say, and it, I guess you know, I just in my mind, I was envisioned as larger than life, and that that jumped out to me. And then watching everybody this. on the fucking AEW rosters, five foot eight. <laughs> well, even standing next to Arn on television, it, it kind of dwarfed me. I, I, yeah. Man, is he, is he that small? Yeah. 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 Not that tall. I think he's probably six, even. Um, you know, I, yeah, I was thinking like six, four or something like that. But you're right. I guess it was just because he's in there working, you know, with the likes of the Jungle Boys or something like that. Or, you know, that he just looks so much bigger. Yeah, um, I also pop for Arn, like, take a guy's eye out. Like, yeah, do that in 2023. See how well that works out for you. I, I was waiting for the scissors thing. I mean, you might just have to stab somebody with a pair of scissors yeah. or something uh, like that. As yeah, yeah. Good there. Uh, but we uh, get the but interruption by for- uh, Christian. Uh, well, yeah, well, Christian, uh, he's got the coat that uh, took off uh, the guy down on the Jersey Shore, Southside, and never came back. Um, Richie April style. Uh, but, yeah, man, to, to back them off and have Lucha, Source, whatever, come out, there's just – we need something better than what, whatever this is. You know what I mean? Like, we need to have him – like, why? Why should yeah. I care? No, it, 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 it was – corny and this is where the show kind of comes to a halt although i did during all the power bombs on young man levy there uh arn going oh like grimacing like you make arn anderson grimace like you know it's like oh he killed that poor son of a bitch uh i like that that popped me and the kids took good power bombs he looked like he got splattered every time but then once we march out dino gimmick without any update bro it's just not it's not working the right way. If anything, this is where a Christian 
starts a promo or is in a dark light or brood or if we're going to do something along those lines and dino gimmick jumps him however we just did that with jericho appreciation society so we can't run that back anyway so to march him out there and have him walk out you're not there's a sudden you know just how did how did we get kane and mankind over you know what i mean and they did it with a bit of that in the back with red lighting and fog machine and and promos a couple of weeks ago but just to march him out under you know flat lights and not have have it be his world is not helping him you need something that draws that draws the baby face back into the mankind um when he'd be in the fucking furnace room or whatever you know what i mean like what's what's the temptation to get Wardlow back there. I've got your passport. I don't know. Well, and you know, I, I like that you mentioned Mankind and Kane. My first thought here was with uh with Dino Boy, which Luch Source. Last time I saw him, he was getting beat up by Jungle Boy. And, and now he's gonna come out as a threat here. I, I don't remember uh Kane coming out to challenge Undertaker after he had just got beaten up by Spike Dudley. Yeah, no, we're not building anybody the right way. We're just starting and stopping. And standing there apart from each other and being like, there's air and opportunity. We need more action, a show don't tell type thing where Wardlow is up and feeling confident and, you know, it's look this way, get attacked from the other way. Uh, we did we already touched our, our next segment here is Renee's backstage with Sammy Guevara, MJF. We, we touched on their little interaction. Uh, we do have another backstage segment here. This might have been my favorite segment of the evening. RJ City is getting ready to hype Ken, tonight's Kenny Omega tag match. Uh, hey, I, I love this. This guy in his, in what, his 10 seconds of spotlight was, was one of the most annoying things I've ever seen in pro wrestling is RJ City. And mostly just to come in and just punch the shit out of him or whatever the hell he did was great. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not taking away from RJ City plenty of charisma, but I'm just sitting there from the segment before that going, we've got guys kissing each other and going cheek to cheek. And now here's another effeminate guy. Like, oh, okay. I I guess, you know, he he hit a home run with me because I wanted to see him get punched in the face within five seconds. That's what happened. So I got my payoff. Air of. Not that we didn't have, like, they'll be like, there were plenty of characters that way then, but, uh, you know, big well, job. I, I was thinking about this last week. I had a conversation with someone, like, remember when. It, it, just because we had Adrian Adonis and Rick Martell, it wasn't like what I'm watching here, bro. Like, well, this shit remember is. remember because, like, to the extreme where gold dust made you feel so uncomfortable. And now, like, every other segment has a gold dust in it. Sure. But they're not, they're not. Goldust was to make you feel trans uncomfortable, but also played to a very, very high level of intelligence. Right. In movie reference and things along those lines, aside from just the BDSM suits and, and touching him and rubbing his nipples and shit. Right. It's like it got to the funny, hog dick grab jokes. But in the beginning, that character had far more integrity than anything we're seeing here that plays into some weird let's go take a shower and pee on each other's feet. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, bro. Oh, okay. Uh, so, all right. So we get Boxley says, 
We have some scars to leave here tonight. Then we get the cut. We got the uh, Four Pillars Tournament final. Uh, the Spanish God, the Spot God, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Uh, I think this is what you would expect between these two here. Of course, the stipulation that the winner of this thing is going to move on to double or nothing to challenge MJF for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. We get some shenanigans here at the end. The match goes back and forth here, uh, as you would expect between these two. But MJF, uh, thinking he's outsmarted everybody here, helps Darby. Uh, Darby gets disqualified in the match to give Sammy the win. Yeah, um, throws him a skateboard to do the uh, Eddie Guerrero belt thing. You know, the lie, cheat, steal, but we're going to do it with the skateboard. And gets caught that way. You thought Sting might come down and regulate. Is there a spot we can just stop doing across the board in wrestling? Is the, that chair drop down? I mean, it is so overdone. I see it on the indies yeah. everywhere. It's like, come on. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's way over. But if it works once, it'll work a thousand times is what it's called. We just got to reinvent it in a certain way, you know, or how do we heighten and explore what it is and switch it out, which is what they did with the skateboard here. But we're burying the lead. It's all about – uh MJF's pickles on uh, on commentary here with uh, Taz uh, saying, nah, brother, my sodium, I'm, I'm getting old. You know, like that pop me, but he does take one. He can't get a hold. He's like, you got a fork, brother? And uh, and uh, Taz goes, I think I touched every pickle in there. And from the AEW self-help group last night, he said, we wish he would have said, pickle toucher Jones over here. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but Taz was fucking popping me huge. All the pickle talk made me want a, a Clausen's garlic dill, uh, and uh, it was it was funny, you know, the fact that uh, the guys on commentary crunching on pickles that makes me laugh. Um, the match, uh, you know, is more of ridiculousness because we had a tournament, uh, a tournament to fucking crown the number one contender for his thing. Then they cheat, do the Guerrero whatever. Our heels go over, so the guys who are uh, playing finger puppets with each other backstage are fucking now going to face each other. The heels leave with their heat, and Darby's doing his what-the-fuck moment, right? So, hold on, am I frozen? God damn it. Uh, This camera just keeps wanting to go off here. I'm not sure if I got it stressed. Um, So Darby's doing the the what-the-fuck thing. And then they come back out and cut the promo, like killing their own heel. Heels leave with their heat. They they come back to talk more shit, and it gets made into a tag match that where now those guys can get back in and have a shot at the title. So we're just adding a tag match after we did the tournament, and now the tournament means nothing because of the heel fucking win. Like, this is not good booking and it's very confusing and it also undermines you in the very one segment where it should be the payoff. Let me ask you here too, a couple things here. I mean, this to me, this should have been like your, your most important segment of the evening. Uh, maybe they just know people aren't going to stick around. So that's why they wanted to get this thing scheduled in so early. Uh, but also because we just saw Tony Khan on television, making an announcement. Why aren't we getting him here as well? I mean, we know he's in charge. That's what I thought was going to happen to make the match, which even would undercut him more. But the reality is, is I don't mind the heel finish and to have Sammy and 
uh, MJF go to battle with each other because the surface level is that MJF is only being nice and buddying up to Sammy to so, it's he not heat so he can stab him in the back when it, when it means the most. But instead, they, they want, they, they're still going to try and do that, but they wanted to extend it a week uh, by having a tag match. And if they have babies win that, then we're right back to square one where we'll have a fatal four-way with all the pillars, and that's how it'll fucking go down. Instead of, should have been MJF versus Sammy, MJF's true colors show, but babies come down to fuck over MJF and make Sammy champ because his all of his little bullshit backfires on him. How he fucked them over, they fuck now they have the right to do retribution and fuck him over. Plus his own ego would have been exposed as not being a nice guy and not really being buddies with Sammy and trying to butter up and use him. But now we don't get any of the downfall of the unfolding of that because of the way we played this hand out. Yeah, it was just, again, you know, also in their surprise that Tony just didn't make this announcement himself, especially with all, you know, the, the, the drama and the sheets that he's lost control of this, that he's on, you know, if you go out there, hey, I'll put my foot down here finally. This shit ain't flying. Even if you're going to go that route, you know, if the booking decision was bad, I just, it surprised me that they, they went with uh, Shivani there. Uh, so, yeah, as you said, next week, the babies, Jungle Boy and Darby are going to team up. If they can beat the team of Sammy, and Max, then they are going to be added to make it a fatal four-way. You said planting those seeds. Uh, we, we can jump because it was a real brief segment. We'll just play it in because it's part of this conversation. But they did do that. As MJF's leaving, Sammy thinks he's going to get a ride. And MJF's like, no, 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 there's too many people in here, bro. Hey, you go, sorry, it's full. Car's full. And they look in there. Yeah. There's nobody in the limo whatsoever. Yeah, buddy, you catch the next one. Yeah. Yeah, so for that funny stuff, like funny stuff there, you know. But that's just them coming up with bits to do bits are all right they can add to a character but that doesn't really put over furthering the story of where we need to go that's just a fucking rim shot joke you know what i mean right uh adam cole out the ring we touch base on that uh again just you know some missed all right, i was all, i was all out of uh sorts with uh, the things that happened there were just a lot of things last night that i'm going what the no, it's all right you know if, if, they, if it flows in the conversation so we got that um qt tv Mm. or QTV, the segment here, uh, playing off of the TMZ where they're all sitting around kind of in the office going over things that are going on. Uh, this doesn't really go as well as Powerhouse Hobbs comes, powering his way in, says uh, things were going well when he was following the book. I don't know what the hell is happening here. QT playing it off as a conspiracy of sorts uh, and says it's time to go with Plan B. I guess uh, the, the, I was checking out uh, the one uh, chick with the big gimmicks uh, showing them off. And I pop when cutie's like, you got to like, let go of my throat so I get dock. <laughs> like that, that made me laugh. However, Hobbs comes in with no shirt on. If this is supposed to be an office building, you know what I mean, where there's news, you probably had to check in downstairs. You probably had to go up uh, an elevator and whatnot. Is Hobbs just walking around? I mean, if I looked like that, maybe I would too, or maybe he's. That's the Hager gimmick, right? When he was going social with just walking around no shirt and hat on. Or, or is he like, uh, you know, Incredible Hulk David Banner, where he's just a small, average black guy like hamburger during the or cheeseburger during the day, and then he gets mad and hulks up into, you know, that size and his clothes get ripped off. Who knows? 
But to go in there with no shirt on to show off how jacked you are was dumb. We know how jacked you are. It looked corny when it should have looked real of why he's there to mess somebody up, just the fact that he had his shirt on. Yeah, so a real quick segment here. Uh, it said go with plan B. Is plan B or is that plan C where you just abort the thing? Uh, plan B is uh, the abortion pill, right? Yeah. Plan C is um, throw yourself off a bridge, which I was about to say. Ready. Plan C is what uh, staircases and coat hangers. But anyway, maybe they should go with the abortion thing on the on the whole thing. But. It was an abortion, Michael. You are so blind. TBS championship match. Champion Jade Cargill. And they put over here, you know, they talked about uh, Juice uh, Cassidy, you know, representing the men with his streak. Uh, but nobody in the company has dominating as champion is Jade yeah. Cargill. She's out with uh, smart Mark Sterling, uh, Layla Gray. The opponent here, man, I, I was really looking for it. I thought this was going to be the main event. I was like, okay, I get behind this. I, I'm going to get yeah, tuned into this with, with uh, Ty Valkyrie. And I was like, all right, I, I, I'm psyched for this thing. Let's do it. This is something I'm good. I'm surprised there wasn't more hype, you know, about this on this week's show. I know they've, you know, been building towards this thing and all that. Uh, but here we go. I think this is one of those perfect examples. Crowd comes into this thing. They're hot. A lot of people are legitimately into this could be the change. This could be the moment. Uh, Valkyrie looks like a, a an absolute competitor. Someone that's going to step up. Could set a challenge here. Sure. Uh, I enjoy, enjoyed this match here. I, I think, you know, there is a point where they lost them. And then inside the finish, it just the crowd was dead for it. Yeah, that this is another match that was really cooking, and then all of a sudden it just kind of went lame duck. I, you know, with the finish roll up tights pull and 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 to go over, uh, especially if she's supposed to be that strong of a champion and how jack she is, you know, and looks like she's right out of X-Men, pretty much, right? And we've been doing what we should with a green talent who looks like a million bucks. Uh, put the belt on them. Belts, uh, except for me, our belts are for guys who can't get over with character. And, uh, you know, that made her credible with how unbelievably athletic she looks. And we can do quick squash matches to keep it simple, stupid, and protect her that way until we can get a real contender who can carry her through a match and protect her faults and, and make it foolproof or she's gotten enough in ring hours that she's that good now, you know, and hopefully it's a combination of both. And that's what we have in this matchup. And Taya Valkyrie is a phenomenal worker. Um, and I, I really, I thought this was Jade's best match. The, the finish just really wasn't impactful and kind of confusing. And, um, you know, some people online were a, a little bit critical of uh, how Taya looks compared to how she used to or whatever. And, kidding me damn dude I, I, she I'm, looked amazing i do too i i like a voluptuous marilyn monroe blonde i don't care if she's up five or down 10 or whatever it is Absolutely. she's got that curvy fucking 1940s to 19 she, she knows how to carry it man she represents she's it up, bro and like they don't make them like that too much anymore so like i like the fact of that we had curvy and voluptuous but still strong with uh you know very um track and field kind of strong you know i like i i like that uh two different athletic matchups and body styles there so uh it was their best match it just ended flat man to be honest with you and i felt bad for him uh playing Not, into I didn't feel bad for him i was just like yeah i was like why we could have done something else there 
and going into the chicken user enough. finisher, does that allow for, I mean, height <laughs> good enough for a, a follow-up match? I guess that's how they'll justify it. But to me, something else, there should have been a screw job that, that justifies it. Not the, just the tights, but I guess the tights is a screw job, but you know, um, Jade is a, a thoroughbred champion. She shouldn't be cheating like that to go over. Good points. Good points. Uh, yeah. Anybody that, that, that doesn't think she's, uh, she's got it, the total package there with uh, about her, get the hell out of here. Man. Yeah. So at the end, then we really get the most important spot where Ty is going ballistic and then they try and stop her. And uh, then Don Stevens gets hooked up for the, uh, I don't know, implant buster, right? And then the refs come in to stop Don Stevens from taking a face bump, which Don wanted so bad, bro. You could just feel like, this is my moment. Uh, and Not, uh, not the know. face, not the face. Yeah, anything but the face. Uh, so we, we got that, and they saved her, and then uh, it, it breaks down from there. She's, she's still that bitch, apparently. There we go. Uh, we get a... Uh... But is she stage segment here? But is she, but is she Meechin, which is actually uh Korean for crazy. Crazy bitch. Yeah. hmm Um I can't think of her name. I was thinking crazy bitch. I was gonna give a shout out to uh, the pregnant and engaged. Uh happy go lucky one. Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray, yeah, there we go. Uh backstage we got Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. They are talking about the outcast. Uh they said that, that war has been declared. And the outcasts can bring whatever weapons that they want. They can make them bleed all that they want, but they're never going to put down uh, Brit and the champ. Um, yeah, I, I think Andre 3000 and Big Boy could wipe the floor with them, but that's a different outcast altogether. Um, <clears throat> that yeah, much, but, not really a whole lot there. Maybe, Gal, there really wasn't much here. I'll flip you off a of heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, we're heading into tonight's main event. Uh, but I want to ask you this real quick. Is this, they know people aren't sticking around, or is this what they believe people are going to stay tuned in for? For Kenny Omega and uh, Tashida, first time ever teaming ever to take on, and I love these guys. I know you're big fans of them, but you're in Blade. But is this something we hold on to for two hours to get to a, a big payoff through this show? No, it's insane, bro, that they're doing this tape trader masturbator booking of putting them there when it absolutely should have been. If you're putting over the streak and that's the match that the girl should have been the main event, bro. Yeah, the MJF stuff wasn't going to be the main event. I thought it would have been the TBS. And then it was like, shit, we still got another, you know, there's more matches yeah. here. And, and this match is nothing more than to let – Daniel Bryan and the crew come out and get their shit in at the end. So this ma- and, and then like the big stakes, and maybe this is what the anime team never touched the titty fans are into about he's standing with a uh, uh, Blackpool combat club and they tried to raise his hand and he told them no, but he's not really with the others too. So he's in the middle trying to be the peacekeeper. Like dude, it's so terrible terrible like and they think that this is like high stakes shit of like we got them oh you do you want to train with them or do you want to train with us oh what do you mean would i rather do a thousand hindu squats at their gym and then go fucking do a high spot drill and let you stretch me or would i rather go over there and do a fucking 
this and do an up and over and a super kick, no sell spot. Uh, yay. Is that what I get to win? I get to train with you. Like there, there's no real stakes in this shit, bro. And it's like the Japanese guy that everybody's got their eye on. That's the, that's the one who can make us fucking mean something because the other Japanese guy we got, he didn't do much fuck all, but he's got two champs that nobody knows about or whatever. Uh, it, it just is ridiculous because we're going to do, you know, who's going over and shout out to butcher and blade, but now they're in the main event out of nowhere. We don't even understand why this match is taking place and it should be a main event. You know, what is the event? The event is paying off something. Or, or worlds colliding that that are coming, you know, on a collision course because of uh, a title or personal feud. This is just a match to go. Isn't it dream booking to put Kenny and the Japanese guy against the Buffalo kids? Mm-hmm. Only only to get to fucking this thing at the end where Blackpool Combat Club can come out and show off. They got matching warmups. Okay. Uh you know, Daniel Bryan comes to cut the promo and he says, and you want to train with the elite. I mean, Blackpool Combat Club. And he botches the big moment in the in the fucking promo, gains it back. And we go off the air with some shit that is just some weird for David Bixon and a few others fantasy booking. Like no one gives a shit about where. Uh, what's his name? Tatsuyama or whoever the fuck is going to train with it, None of that makes any difference. The belt and the 59 days wins or 59 win streak mean everything and preserving it. That is where stakes and long-term storylines have been built. That is a main event. Thank you. This is easy booking and, and for three time gimmick of the year, <laughs> Yeah, I was, it, it blew me away, and I look over, and I was like, wait a minute, this show's not over yet. Shit. And then, and, you know, and that was their top billing. I, I don't know. It was. Uh, and these are their top guys, and it slowed the show way down, bro. We had 22 minutes left to go. I'm going, fuck, man, this is going to be forever. Uh, Mike Martin saying, for the love of God, don't let the butcher speak. His voice does not match his body. Speaking <laughs> of that, before we get out of here, man, you shared it. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Abandon. Who gave that that press? Oh, with her yeah, yeah, man, that, yeah. That killed me too, bro. It came across like I don't know when it's from, but she's in a scrum or some Comic Con or something in full yeah. gimmick, and her gimmick is awesome, bro. With the fucked up zombie eyes, I hate all that shit that looks like a tool video to me. You know, and she's like a tool video come to life, and it's scary. I'm just not a big fan of horror shit. I like scaring people, but I'm not a fan of of that type of stuff. And she's sitting there in this scrum talking like every Valley schoolgirl. And man, I was there at uh, Rocky Mountain Pro when she was training and she was just doing it on a smaller level. And I, I was so pumped for her because I, I saw a character there, something awesome and that needs to be protected fully. And, and dude, just inside the AEW bubble. Nope, it's fine to be me. It's fine to be Rachel or whatever her shoot name is while I'm wearing my whole entire gimmick, bro. Absolutely brutal, Bob. Brutal, Bob, on that stuff. Yeah, oh, and then she, she goes into it. And she has, like, this most caring voice. Not caring, like a Karen. And she's talking about, oh, they said I'm, I'm wrestling Brit, and I got emotional. And then they said it was the main event. 
and I, I I had to cry. Like, what the fuck? She's in full fucking gimmick. We're done. Instead of going, like, what do you think about that, Abaddon? She pukes on herself. Like, oh, okay, that's good. You know, like that's doing the projectile vomit out onto the audience and all that shit. Like that. That's how you play the game out. You march her out like you're gonna do the scrum. And she goes into the exorcist and starts vomiting pea soup and then goes, next question. And <laughs> after that. And then she does some other fucking thing where she stabs her hand with a needle or lights a fucking lighter under her hand and then says, no comment. <laughs> like, that's that's how you get that shit over, not become the you, you know what I mean, that nobody well, gives I- you mentioned the, the MJF putting out the tweet there about you know, wrestlers going out there working stupid, you know, work smarter, not harder. These fans aren't going to be there, you know, to pay your insurance, no, nope. pay your medical bills. You know, that's just as stupid as you see these that these talents that need that believe to get over to be successful, to be a star that they need to be so relatable and let these fucking fans in on everything. Protect your shit. The fans want the fantasy. You're ruining the fantasy where yes. your money is. You are ruining your own money because you're in the bubble and you see other people doing it instead of going, that's they're getting over. So I might, I, I should do it too. Instead of going, this is what makes me special. And this is why I have to protect this with everything that I have and me protecting it and not letting them see the other side of me. I mean, he's done it a couple times, and I do it here every day, but this is my CIA persona. Is Danhausen. Danhausen protects his gimmick very well. A few times he hasn't, but, uh, you know, that's up to teach his own. Here, there was no excuse for it. Yeah, uh, just just a bad move. Well, Ben, that was uh, this week's AEW yeah, Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, the chat's getting geared up. I'm getting geared up. I'm sure you're going to keep your attention to it. I know how busy you are. Uh, but the NFL draft kicks off tonight. Yeah. And at that bright time of the year for for all of uh, – for everybody, you know, get that fresh start. You get those new faces, those new talents coming in. Ben, let me ask you a question before we get out of here. When it comes to that, the Giants are your team. And yeah, I was going to put I was going to put a post out there on, on social media asking people their thoughts for their teams. But if you had – if the Giants had – to select or draft one personality in pro wrestling, not because of their athleticism, not because of what they bring to, but, but of somebody that embodies the the energy, the excitement, the the vision of the Giants, what they represent. What wrestling personality would match up with the Giants? I'm gonna I'm just gonna go right on the nose, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna bring in uh, Omos. Cause I would love to just have a giant on the sidelines to go in there, like get him in there, boys, and, and have him play like tight end. You know I, what I, I mean? I was thinking, I was thinking giants for you, you know, that yeah. New York larger than life as well. Uh, yeah. I was going to go with uh, the guy that, that runs around the, the one in the billion that runs around with, uh, with Jarrett and, and Dutt. Yeah. That guy too. I was thinking him too. The other, the big Indian giant. But imagine I, just, just having him block, you know, yeah, stand there on I'll special take, teams I'll and block kicks. You can give me those two and Shanky in tonight's draft. Shanky, you can just hike the ball to him. He can go over the top and put it over the goal line from the 50-yard line and bring it back. He don't even have to run. His arm will get the fucking ball there. there so there, there you go. I was thinking with you know with us here with uh, Cincinnati, you know, they're they're they got a swagger about them. They're young. They're the cool kids, at, you know, the cool kids at the table, the cool cats, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Ricky Starks would be a good fit for the Bengals. 
Maybe, but I would guys. I would swerve and go, you know, even though it's it's uh his old man, uh Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, yeah, Jr. Yeah, the, that that blue collar Cincinnati energy vibe. I think the Outrunners would be good there too. Yeah, I think the Outrunners got they got to go uh, the Dolphins, baby. The Outrunners are going for the Dolphins, yeah, because they got Outrunners have, are going to the Dolphins. They're gonna have the Sea Dews and be out there doing the Miami Vice. Two out out there out there on them uh, Jet Runners hitting them waves, maybe. Hell yeah. Man. All right, Ben, uh, that's all I got, brother. If you want to get us out, yeah, here. no, that's it for me too. It's good to be back with you, RBV. Thanks for making time. I know you've been doing RBV fitness and all the foodie stuff and working at the track, watching people get their legs snapped off and having a good old time with all that type of shit, man. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to see you and always a great time on Light the Fuse to have you here to co- converse about all the hot WWE news and uh, break down uh, what what we could get right with AEW. These are not things that are not fixable. You know what I, I mean? What's, what's so frustrating is it, it's so close. Yeah, but so uh, so but so, so far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, y'all uh, appreciate the AEW self help group, group last night, and everybody here in the chat room live twitch.tv slash high media Ben Humming YouTube channel. I'm gonna be in Rome, New York, right outside the missile silo at the JFK Arena, back into the left uh, this weekend, uh, bringing home that second heavyweight title to HMG, my third belt that we got to put in the uh in the bag you guys so uh, we're not gonna fumble the bag we're bringing it home because this is where champions reside here channelattitude.com hmg y'all this is the hustler at rogers yeah it's fucking me yeah and uh listen to the fucking homin media group that's ben homin homin media group from rip rogers go get him and go fuck yourself <laughs>